the lifeboats. We've been going through the Bible, looking at passages dealing with boats. We thought it'd be a fun way to finish off the summer. And we've learned in the course of our study from these lifeboat sermons that God always knows what He's doing. He makes no mistakes. God always has a plan. We began by looking at the great lifeboat story found in Noah and the ark. And when it was a time in world history where it looked like maybe God was out of control, that evil was ruling in the hearts of men, we discovered that even then God had a plan. We've seen in this study God's power and how God can purify us and He can protect us. And we studied last week how that God has a purpose. How that joy in this life is not found in having a purpose that's unique to us, but in being a part of that purpose that is on the heart of God. In our last study, we heard Jesus tell the apostles, He said, come after me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. Jesus was saying, there's one thing that's preeminently important to me, and it's, it's fishing for men. He was using the analogy of, of fishing because he was speaking to fishermen. And, and he said, uh, what, what matters most to me is people. Jesus was saying, I love people more than anything. That is his purpose. And this is a day, Impact Sunday, we've set aside as a church to make sure that our purpose mirrors the purpose of God. It's possible as a Christian, it's possible as a church to come to a place where we have a purpose, we're passionate about some things, but maybe it's not exactly what the Lord would have us to be passionate about. And that's the purpose for this day. And as we think of God's desire to reach people, He's got a process. And we're going to look in a moment here in our text, and it's going to sound familiar to you. You're going to think that sounds a lot like the text we read last week, and that's because it's a companion passage. It's a parallel passage. And I really want us to emphasize this important matter of being a fisher of men. I believe we can be helped today. It's a, it's a passage that I believe is challenging and motivating and encouraging at the same time. And uh, I hope that you have an open heart this morning to what it is the Lord has for our church family. And uh, if you're able, I'd like to invite you to join me in standing as we look to the passage. Go ahead and join me in standing this time. It would be great if you're able. And we'll look to Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now I'm going to read on. But um, we've been in the midst of these studies talking a lot about a place in the Bible called the Sea of Galilee. And, and here in Luke, we read of the Lake of Gennesaret. It's the same thing. It was a body of water that was kind of known by a lot of different names, depending on what people group you were from. And so this is the same body of water, of course, we read about last week. And we've got Jesus here. He's teaching the Word, and He's by the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret, same body of water, verse 2. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've taken nothing. In other words, you say, we've been fishing all night long. All night long we've been fishing. We haven't caught anything. And uh, he said, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. Now, I'm going to read on, but folks, listen. If you want a mantra or some marching orders for life that will serve you well, that will bring joy to your heart and fulfillment to your heart, 
I would suggest the words that Simon Peter said to Jesus right here. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. He was saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I will do. I'll find my will, my desire in life from the heart's desire that you have. And a great, great statement. Verse 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. In other words, this miracle that Jesus did, it shocked him. He didn't believe it would happen. But the Lord blessed. He was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of the fishes, uh, which they had taken... And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Last week we considered a statement, Follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. Here Jesus said, Listen, don't be afraid, uh, because from now on you're going to catch men. Like you've been trying to catch fish, you're going to now catch men. Verse 11, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want us to think on this together. This is a great opportunity today for us as a church family to, to think of what it is the Lord would have us to do to bless others, to encourage others, uh, to help others. Uh, I want our church family to know our, our goal is not growth, our goal is God, that we would know Him and serve Him. But I do believe as we work together that God would like to use us to help people that, that need it. To share the gospel message with those that don't know Christ. To reach out to those who are in need of help in any special way that we can give. And uh, I want the Lord to speak to our hearts today. And so I'm going to pray now as I always do and ask God to help me to be an effective teacher today. But I hope as I'm praying aloud in your heart, you'll be saying, Lord... Help all of us just to get involved in this message. And uh, maybe like Peter, we can say, Lord, whatever your word says, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever your word says, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Our Father, thank you for this day, this morning, and for these people. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, as we work together around your word to see what it is you have for us. And Lord, um, I know it's essential that somebody be the teacher today, but I pray that in that sense I would be totally irrelevant that we would find the, the lesson from you, that we would apply it to our lives and do what you call us to do. Bless this day. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I remember when I was a little boy going to the beach and standing there at the water's edge and getting enough courage to finally get my toes in and then get into knee-deep water or maybe a little bit less than knee-deep water and and I would be there at the water's edge and the waves would kind of come rolling in and by the time they'd get to me in knee deep or less water, I would maybe try to jump over those waves. And I would be dishonest if I told you that wasn't fun. Because when I was a little boy, that was about the greatest fun you could possibly have. There was nothing better in that moment in life than jumping over those little waves as they rolled into me as I was in knee deep or less water. I loved it. I enjoyed it. But you know, I didn't say a little boy forever. 
and the rush or the charge that I got out of jumping over waves in knee deep or less water, in time it just didn't do it for me anymore. And so I would stay there in knee deep or less water looking out into the deeper water and I'd see some boys who were bigger than I was playing in waves that were bigger than these were. And I began to think, you know, this is great and all, but I want to do what they're doing. I want to go where they are. I want to enjoy what they are enjoying. And as I reasoned through that, I encountered some problems. First of all, I noticed that where they were, it was a little deeper than where I was. In fact, the water was over my head. That was problematic to me. So I thought about that for a while. And then I had to realize that the waves they were playing in were much more powerful than the waves I was playing in. And I had to think about that. And then I'd seen a little bit of a movie known as Jaws. Have any of you seen that movie? I remember as a boy thinking, you know, with every inch further into the ocean I get, that exponentially increases the odds of my demise by way of shark attack, all right? And so I, I had to think through all of these things, and I thought, here I am, this is great, but I really would rather go out a little bit deeper. I'd rather experience a little bit more. I'd rather get involved in some bigger things in life. Now, that's my story, and I think all of you could tell a story kind of similar to that. I think that most of us know what it is to play in the shallow end of the pool of life. I think most of us know what it is to play it safe, to stay on the edges, to kind of marginalize ourselves from what we might consider to be anything that resembles risk. And I think most of us wonder what it would be like in the deeper water. I think many times as Christians, if we were honest, we would say, I believe in a God who can do great things and mighty things. But I believe many times the same Christians that would make that confession to the greatness of God's power would maybe add to that confession, but you know, I'd also have to admit, I've never really personally been involved in anything that could only be explained by way of the power of God. We believe He can do great things, but we're in the shallow water when we need to get in the deeper water. I want you to understand today that the great news of these verses that we've read together is that God has invited all of us to join with Him in this great matter of sharing His good news with everybody else. And furthermore, we find that God has established a process that can allow our church family to have the greatest impact possible in our region and beyond. The verses we read today, they're applicable for every single one of us. If you were the only one today, this message would be good for you. It's good for one person. But I also want you to know that this message, although it's applicable for anyone, it's applicable to us all. This is very much a team-oriented passage of Scripture. And today, as the pastor of our church family, I want to deliver a team-oriented message that I think can help us all. And it begins with verse 1. The Bible tells us there that Jesus was teaching the Word of God. And He was teaching this Word to large crowds, as Jesus sometimes did, and we've seen this already in in the course of this study. He would get in a boat and push out from the shore a little bit, and He'd he'd let the boat serve as as a a platform, and the water would naturally amplify His voice. And we've, we've talked about how Jesus would do that. And so here he is, he's, he's uh, in the ship, and the Bible tells us it's, it's Simon Peter's ship, and, and that there he is, and Simon, I'm sure, was glad to have Jesus in the boat. But, but as, we, as, we, as we seek as a church family to reach out and become what Jesus calls here, fishers of men, I want us to see what unfolds next in this passage. Here they are, they've fished all night, hadn't caught a single fish, tired, discouraged, I'm sure, and Jesus tells them, 
launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Now with a measure of reluctance, they did. And when they did, the Bible tells us they pulled in a great multitude of fishes. It was miraculous. They participated in a miracle done by the hand of God. And, and, and I want us to see in this text today what can happen in our lives if we yield to God. How God can help us to see a great multitude of people brought to Him. If you have your outline nearby today, I'd encourage you to take it out. And I want you to look as we see the first thought together, which is this. We must launch out into the deep. We must launch out into the deep. Now, when Jesus told Simon Peter to launch, it made no sense at all. Because everybody in that region understood how it worked. The fish would go down deep in the day because of the heat. They'd come to the top at night as a time to feed. And that's why Peter told Jesus, well, we fished all night because that was the pattern. And so here they are, they've fished all night, they're cleaning their nets, getting ready to uh, turn in and get a little sleep, to go out and do it all again the next night. When Jesus tells Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to go fishing. And Peter's thinking, well, wait a minute. I've been fishing. This isn't the time to fish. It, it made no sense. They needed rest so they could get ready for the next night. And they no doubt would have been discouraged, as I've said. They had fished and they hadn't caught anything. And the last thing these men would have wanted to do would be to spend another minute in that boat. Yet Peter says to Jesus, Master, we've toiled all night and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Here's what Peter told Jesus. Jesus, I think what you're asking me to do makes no good sense at all. I think it will yield no good fruit that I can think of. I can't find the value in this, but Lord, if you've said it, I'm going to obey because Jesus, you're the master. And so I'm going to do what you've given me to do. And friends, I want you to know if we are ever going to launch out into the deep for God, we must have a conviction in our heart that says, God, if you say this, I will do this. God, if you command this, I will obey this. And I'm afraid that many times we come to church with a mindset that says, you know, I want to look in the Word to see what God says so that I can enter into negotiations with God based on what I want to do and what He wants me to do. And then I'll settle somewhere in the middle because that seems reasonable to me. And friends, when we do that, we're missing out on the great joy of really living for the Lord. God is saying today that there's a great work to do and it begins with an agreement between our heart and His Word. I like how Solomon said this in Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 7. He said, Hear me now therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. And if you're here today and you're a Christian, you're a child of God. And we need this heart that's found in this proverb that says, Lord, as your child, I don't want to depart from the words of your mouth from the words of, of the Bible. I don't want to remove myself from that which you've given me to do. Friends, launching out for God begins by being willy to, willing to just go for it in life. It means that getting the gospel message out to those around us is not something we'll just take as it comes to us, but it's something we'll take as we go to others. I like how Luke 14 and 23 said it. Jesus is teaching. The Bible says, The Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You know, I've learned something about Jesus. He prefers a full house. Now, why is that? 
Well, in this, in this parable, in this, in this analogy, this teaching that Jesus gave, he was telling us of someone that cared about others and he was inviting others to something they never could have come to themselves. In fact, he was going to feed them in a great feast and he wanted to meet their needs and love on them. And, and I want you to know that I still believe in a Jesus Christ that loves people more than anything. And I believe that Jesus still today saves. And I believe that Jesus can change our lives and that Jesus not only can save us for eternity's sake, but he can save us from a life that's wasted and futile and empty. And Jesus tells those who know him to go and to compel others to come in, to go out of our way to let people know of him and his love so that they can come to him and a difference can be made. Simon Peter had what seemed to be some great excuses for not obeying Jesus but at the end of the day the word of Jesus was enough to move him to action let me ask you today is the word of God enough to lead you to change the way life is being done if there's a difference between what he says and what we'll do I had an opportunity to preach in Florida some time ago and I was there for a Monday night Tuesday night meeting and I was returning home on a Wednesday Wednesday's the one day we'll normally close the church office, but I was trying to get home for a, a volleyball game for Julie, and as I was getting ready to come home, I had to leave as early as possible, and I leave out a 6.30 flight, and of course, Florida's three hours early, so that's 3.30 in the morning our time. You got to get up long before that to get to the airport, and, and uh, of course, you make the trip there, you don't sleep good for a couple days, so I was all turned around, and I got up that Wednesday morning, I don't, I don't know how much sleep I got, not much at all, and I made my way down to the airport, and got through security and all the hassle that that is and made my way onto the plane from Tampa that was going to go to Atlanta where I would then switch planes to make my way into San Diego and as I got on the plane it started to fill up and the seat next to me was empty how many of you are like me you're just hoping that seat will stay empty huh that's how I am and I was sitting there thinking Lord if you could keep this seat absolutely empty that would be great now I was in such a rush that morning I hadn't read the Bible at that point so I'm sitting there and now I'm reading the Bible in the plane and and uh, I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. I have a gift that God has given me, and this is not boasting, okay? I'm not bragging right now, but I've got a gift. I can fall asleep during takeoff and wake up on landing. It's just a gift I've been given. And that was my plan. I was tired, hadn't been sleeping much, and it's still really the middle of the night, California time. And, and uh, I thought, man, this would be great if I could keep this seat empty. And sure enough, man, the plane was just about totally loaded, and I thought, this is going to work out. This is wonderful. And about that time, I saw uh, a mom coming in with her child. And they had seat assignments that weren't together. And so everyone's trying to shuffle the deck of the airplane there to get everybody to make room so the mom could sit next to her child. And sure enough, somebody sat next to me. And so my next prayer was this. Lord, help him to be very, very quiet, you know. But the guy sat down and he was chat, chat, chatty. He wouldn't stop talking. And as he sat there, he said, uh, what are you reading and Bibles are pretty obvious books, you know. And so I said, I'm reading the Bible. What does it look like? No, I didn't say that. I would never say that, okay? I said, uh, reading the Bible. He said, where are you reading? I said, I'm reading the Gospel of John. And we continued talking. I learned he was a television camera operator for Fox. And he was on his way to do a NASCAR race. And I learned his wife had just given birth to twins and they were so excited and he was just so homesick already just leaving want, not wanting to leave his, his new babies and his wife and and uh, we had a great talk and 
and the conversation kept coming back to the Bible and what are you reading? And, and he said, well, what is the book of John about? And, and uh, I said, you know, there's kind of a verse in John that's kind of a well-known verse and it lets us know what the book of John's all about. In John 3 and in verse 16, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world and I began to get into this. And before long, in that hour-long flight, I had an opportunity really as this guy was asking questions to completely share the gospel message with him that God loves us and we're sinners so we've been separated from God because he's perfect and we're not and if he lets imperfection in his presence it messes everything up but that Jesus Christ God the son died for us and and I went through the whole thing and and uh, as we got to the end the plane landed and although the entire message look here although the entire message had been shared I hadn't drawn the net I hadn't drawn the net we're walking off the plane and here we are in, in the airport in Atlanta and Atlanta and Chicago, you know, they kind of go back and forth for the busiest airports and it was just incredibly busy. People walking everywhere. And uh, I said, listen, I'm, I am never going to see you again, probably. But, but we just went through these verses together and, and you had told me that you weren't for sure that you would go to heaven and, and man, the Bible says we can be. And would you like to pray right now and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And, and uh, I mean, pe- hundreds of people walking by. And he said, yeah. And I could tell he was, he was kind of hoping I'd ask him, you know. So there we are, and we bowed our heads in prayer, and we prayed together, and he prayed, and he trusted Jesus as his Savior. And, and I walked away from that conversation with a back of a plane ticket with his number and email, and we, we kept in touch a bit. And, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. But, you know, here, here's the thought. I told the Lord that I wanted to launch out into the deep in terms of becoming a fisher for men. And I found that, that as that was my heart's desire, that God responded by bringing things into my life I never could have orchestrated or put together. I just had to be willing to do what He told me to do and, and to pursue His will in my life and allow Him to bring things across my path. And, and I even had a boarding pass to prove to you that the conversation we had just had, it should have never happened. We weren't even supposed to sit by one another. But you see, God has a way of putting things together and bringing people into your life and, and making needs uh, known to you so that those who are people of faith can do what Jesus would have us to do, understanding we're reaching out to others on behalf of Jesus Christ. Church family, it always seems so easier when we consider doing nothing. But you see, them that get are those that go. We have to be willing to go for God. I love how Paul put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said, now then, we're ambassadors for Christ. If you're here today and you're a Christian, I've got to tell you, you're a representative of Jesus Christ. Your object in life now is not to do the things that you want to do, but to have a heart that says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. God, my will, my desire in life is to fulfill what it is your word says for me. And our desire in life, if we're people of faith, if we're truly Christians, it is to be a good ambassador for Jesus Christ. The second thought that we find in this text today you're following along in your outline the second thought is this we must work together as Simon Peter consented to put his net in the water I, I know what he thought he thought you know Jesus doesn't know anything about fishing and so I'll put my net in the water to just kind of say there are you, you're happy you're, you're happy I'm happy everybody's happy let's pull the net out of the water and now let's go to bed so we can 
get some rest. And, and uh, he was the fisherman. I, he knew better than the Lord, you know. But the Bible says when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. Now, you talk about the mother load. I mean, they killed it. Peter drops a net. We're not going to catch anything. Pull the net up, guys. Holy cow, the net's just overflowing with fish. And, and so Peter thought, uh, all right, here come the fish. What are we going to do? He did the only thing he could do. He called to the partners around him. And the partners come over, and they start helping. And the Bible says this, they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. They completely filled two fishing boats to the brim with fish. And it happened in part because those fishermen were together. Coastline, if I've learned anything in 15 years of serving as the pastor of this church, I've learned this. We are at our best when we're working together. I mean, when we agree on what the goal is and we develop a plan and everybody says, you know something? I can't do everything, but I can do something and I'll do that which God would have me to do. And when we have a church family working together, yielded to the objective of Jesus Christ, which is getting the good news out to as many as possible, serving together in a selfless way, we are never better than when we're serving as a team. And that's what we learn in this text. Think of that. Here we are as a church, and we're coming in a couple weeks into this fall season of ministry. And we're launching into this time of open house where we're emphasizing ready or not and, and I want you to know that if we hope to get a great multitude of fishes to use the analogy that Jesus used we're going to have to work together we're going to need to function as partners we're going to need to be there for one another many of you have an area of, of ministry here and I'm so glad for that and I want to say this we need to be at our best we need to be at our best for the Lord we need to be walking with Jesus in prayer and Bible reading. We need to be focused on the task at hand. Each of us needs to understand that we're all greeters whether we have a badge or not. We're all to be representatives in that sense. All of us have something to do at, at our church family. We all are to go out of our way to invite friends and, and to be hospitable to those when they arrive. We need to welcome babies into a clean and well-organized nursery in a way that not only will provide a, a quality experience for the child, but a way that will comfort the heart of the mom who's just maybe given birth to her first child and is just nervous about germs and stuff, or maybe a, a new young couple moving into the area or coming to Coastline for the first time, and, and they'll evaluate the whole church by their experience there at a doorway in, in a nursery. We need to all see the importance of our area if I can use that as a little picture we need to have great and fun and exciting children's classes and welcome guests into a service that's been thought out completely thought out from beginning to end uh, and, and executed to the best of our ability for the glory of God and, and we need to see it all not done as a performance I, I tell our teams regularly this is not a stage you perform from a stage and nobody up here is performing we're worshiping the Lord and we're trying to edify the body. This is a platform. And, and uh, that distinction needs to be seen. And so I'm saying that parking lot teams and greeters and ushers and nursery workers and children's workers and singers and instrumentalists and our media teams, we all need to be on time and we all need to be on target. And each of us must see the moment for what it is. It's a collaborative moment in which we've decided we're going to launch out at the Word of God and do all we can to bring people Jesus. Last week we had the volunteer forms for uh, Ready or Not, and uh, Brother Ryan shared with me that uh, there were more than 300 people indicated they'd be a part of one of the seven teams we've set aside for this season. 
And uh, on one hand, that's, that's great. I'm thankful for that. But let me tell you guys this. We could use another 300. And the teams are so diverse. You look at that card. There's something on that card you wouldn't mind doing. I'm sure of it. And if you're a believer today, if you're a Christian today, uh, th- there's a gift that God's put in your life for one reason only. To benefit the body of Christ, the church. I want to challenge all of you to have the kind of heart that says, I want to work together as a team. I want to have a part. I want to be involved. I, I want to do not everything, but I want to do what I can do. You'll see what God will do in your life. But if we're going to have a great service here on that day, it's not enough to just get thoroughly planned for that day. We've got to invite people home. We've got to encourage others to come. And uh, we need to do our part to tell our friends and our family and our coworkers. And it means we're going to take some time to do that. We're going to put a little effort. I I think of the words of Jesus in John chapter 9 and verse 4. He he said something interesting. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, I know work is kind of one of those four-letter type of words. We don't like to think about it much. And although our works never bring us to salvation, once we're saved, we've been saved to work. And Jesus is making a statement here. He said, you know, I've got to work the works of him that sent me. And he makes a, a thought here that, that, of course, to Christ, he's looking forward in his own life. But for us, I want you to know, in a sense, what Jesus is saying is this. The fish won't always be biting. Because this year, maybe your neighbor that could be influenced for Christ, maybe this time next year, they will have moved away. That opportunity is gone. The co-worker could be transferred. The loved one could pass away or maybe the Lord Jesus Christ will return and and our opportunity to work in this life will be over. Friends, what I'm saying is that sense of urgency is needed as a church family. If we're going to be working together with all of our hearts for the Lord, we, we have no idea when or how long the fish will bite, so to speak. So we have to commit to launch out in times like these and we need to do it together as a team. The final thought in this text today is this, we must determine to live for Him. When they got the fish in the boat, as far as Peter was concerned, there was only one more thing to do. And and I want you to listen, if you would, to what it is that that, uh, Peter has to say. In in, in verse 8, the Bible says this, when Simon Peter saw it, he sees all these fish. Now look, let's get the picture. Jesus says, drop the net, Peter. And Peter thinks, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Lord, I think it's a bad idea, but you're the Lord here. You're the master, he called him. So I'm going to drop the net. I'll do a bad idea just because you asked me to do it, but nothing's going to come of it. That's his attitude. So he drops the net, and I pull it up. The fish are there, and he feels bad in his heart now because he disrespected the, not only the command of Christ, but the Christ of the command. And when he saw all that, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Oh Lord. Well, no man is deserving of worship. Everybody knew that. He's acknowledging Jesus Christ as God the Son. And something happens in our lives when we see God as big as He is. We then see ourselves as small as we are. It, it always goes together. When we're humble in our hearts and minds, God is glorified. And when God is glorified, we see ourselves in our appropriate size. We, we see him more. We see ourselves less. And we find that Peter, along with James and John, decided that day to, 
to uh, uh, follow Jesus. They, they had no intention of turning back. Jesus said this, from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. And in response to that, we find that the apostles, they said this, they forsook all and they followed him. They forsook and they followed. And friends, let me tell you something. Again, if you're a believer, God's got a desire for your life. It's that, it's that you would forsake some things so that you could draw close to Him and follow Him. Now, I'm not talking about walking away from the family business as they did per se. But I'm saying there needs to be a willingness in our hearts that this is true. I mean, if we're not wasting our time today by being in church, if you're not reading fairy tales when you open the Bible, if you believe there's a God that hears you when you pray, if you believe that Jesus truly does save, if we're not just wasting our time today, if this really is true, then Jesus is telling us it is deserving, it is worthy of us stepping away from anything that would prevent us from fully following Him. And I believe that if we believe this to be true that we, that we talked about, we ought to be willing to go out of our way to help someone else who doesn't know about it tell them the good news there's an interesting side note to this story think of how Jesus first dealt with this in, in, in verse 4 Jesus said launch out into the deep and let down your nets your nets he said would you, would you let your nets down and so Peter responded and, and look, look how Peter handled this he said nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net singular Jesus said, hey, Peter, get those nets in the water. And Peter said, okay, I'll get the net in the water. I want you to know today that God will use anything that we give to Him. But we, we are only left today to wonder what would have happened had Peter fully given God. We don't know. I mean, a miracle took place. It was great. God did something special with that which Peter gave. But, but we're only left to wonder, what would have happened had Peter truly yielded to God? Friends, my prayer as a pastor as we head into this season is that we would come out the other end and we wouldn't have to ask, hey, I wonder what would have happened if we really would have worked together as a church family. I don't want us to have to wonder. I wonder what would have happened if if we would have really followed the Lord with more faith or prayer, more effort for Him, I want us to try something as a church family. I want us to enter into this season with a heart that says, God, I want to do everything you'd have me to do. As our theme for the year has been, I want us to go through this season together with God. None of us can do everything. All of us can do something. As the old saying goes, only do what only you can do. And believe me when I tell you, there's something to be done for the Lord this season that you're uniquely equipped to do. And to you today, I say, do that. All of us can pray. All of us can invite others. All of us can serve with all of our hearts. I think of the words that we find in 1 Samuel that really helps us to see this in 1 Samuel 12 and 24 it says only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart for consider the Bible says how great things He hath done for you if you're in this room this morning and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're a Christian how many of you think Jesus has done something good for you 
response to the grace of God is a life that says, Lord, I want to serve you with all of all my heart. I want to live for the one who has died for me. That's an appropriate response to the grace of God. And so my prayer is that we would answer the call of Christ to be fishers of men. Father, 